Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, wow. How many of you were with us yesterday? Welcome back. So good. I had a great time. Um, one of the things that I want to be sure to draw your attention to before I get out of here is just helpful, helpful, helpful stuff. I mean, if you download the app, it's, it's a world of helpful stuff. And that's all I'm going to tell you, basically, because I'm going to get through this message, this service. I didn't get through it last time. I'm going to get through it. So I'm um, just going to jump right in. But this is really helpful stuff. Did I mention that? Did I tell you it's free? Tons of really great free stuff. This on the other side of that door right there. All you got to do is knock. It's just like getting into heaven. Yeah, not really. Not really. I guess heaven knocks on your door. Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah, okay. Um, what, what I'd like to talk to you about this morning is um, something that I've talked about for, you know, a long time. It was, it was very much the fabric of Bethel in the early foundational days of our, our lives together, our work together, is, is realizing that we're designed for hope. We're designed for expectancy of God's goodness to actually manifest in our lives. That, that it's not just something we talk about, it's not something we point to, but it's something that interacts with our core being. And when we find obstacles or, or there's heartbreak or we get, we, we get scared, we pull away from our dreams, our heart gets sick. We, we, get, we get discouraged. Our courage leaves. And we change. We change in our substance as believers. Our heart becomes toxic. You can hear it in our words. You can hear it in our, you know, we get around somebody who's like, woohoo, full of hope, woohoo, a good Jesus can do anything, woohoo, I just met Jesus, I can't believe he washed my sins away, woohoo. We say, hey, you need to calm down. <laughs> You're scaring people. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some pieces of my broken heart. See if I can't discourage you. We'll call this discipleship. <laughs> this has got to be the most encouraging place anybody's ever been. Why? Because they run into a room full of people who have their dreams on. The tree of life, fountain of life, dreams fulfilled, saturate us, refresh us, and we become those people that are actual representations of what's going on in heaven. This is one of the ways we draw heaven to earth is we realize that we were created to dream. Now there's something that free people do that captives, slaves, servant-minded people don't do, and that is dream. As soon as prisoners are released, when the captives be became free from 
their captivity, they began to dream. First thing that happens, when the, when, when the limitations are taken off, when we are set free from captivity, first thing that happens, we become like those who dream. All of a sudden, what we see is what's possible. In our identity, as we realize that we are sons and daughters of the limitless one. What is it that we can't do? I don't know yet. I haven't found it. But my mouth is filled with joy, filled with laughter. Ha, ha, ha. I can't believe I get to do this. What? I get to do this again? I get to do some more? Ha! Even if I'm British. And then the testimonies about what God is doing for me. You know, who, I forgot my glasses, sorry. I, I, that, this makes me feel old. I don't care. I've never seen a young person with a glasses necklace. So cool. The crazy thing is you forget about them all the time. I'm back. The testimonies are just rolling out of, out of my mouth about what God's doing for me. Why? Because I'm paying attention. I actually am looking for his goodness to happen in my life. I, I anticipate it. And then I start noticing it in your life. And I'm telling other people about what God is doing in your life. A woman just came to me. She was in first service. She says, I don't go to this church. I came here because my kids come to this church. But I needed to be here because I quit dreaming. I quit dreaming. I quit dreaming because I lost my adult son three years ago. And I didn't realize it, but I stopped dreaming. See, things happen and we get discouraged. Our courage leaves us. It takes courage to be a dreamer. It takes courage to hope in God. And, and unfortunately, sometimes we think we're in control of our dreams. We're in control of how this is going to turn out. When your children are between the ages of 8 and 12, you think to yourself, I know how this is going to turn out. And then that all goes away. All goes away because it doesn't turn out how you think it's going to turn out. And so you have to just keep dreaming into what's, what we're going through. You can't just shut down because you didn't get to control it. Faith is, is a substance is a, of, of things I don't see yet. And so... I lean in with hope. I lean in with expectancy. Because he is good. Because my God is good. And I'm going to prove it to you. Watch how I lean. This is the proof that my God is good. This is the proof I'm not sure. 
I heard a story of a, a man who met another man in the airport. And then in the conversation, the older man says, Matt, what are your dreams? And the younger man, Matt, says, oh, my, my dream is to dance around the world and to get other people to dance with me. And the older man says, you know what, Matt? I'm going to fund your dream coming true. Well, stranger says to another stranger, I want to see your dreams come true. Oftentimes, we, we come in to God, and he's saying, what do you want for Christmas? Just imagine you saying to your own child, we had a great year this year. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. We had, we, what do you want for Christmas? Anything, man, anything you've ever wanted, what do you want? And your child says, oh, Father, not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> No, baby, you understand. You understand. No, really, really, anything you want. Great year. Come on, what do you want? Oh, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Oh, baby, what happened to you? Have you been going to church? Where did you learn to see me like this? Where do we learn to see God like he is afraid to pour out on his kids? I mean, how many of you have children? How many of you uh, want to see their dreams come true? How many of you would do whatever you could to help with that? How many of you think you're better than God? Well, we live like that. We live like we're better than God. And we clearly are not. I mean, we know how to give good things to our children. How much better at this is he than we are? We've been designed to thirst and hunger to see our dreams happen. And then we collect in a, a church and we're trained right out of them. I mean, the, the, how, how many of you have been in the church about at least 10 years? Okay, that's enough time to be preached out of your dreams. See, you individually in this room, you are designed differently. Anybody have children? Anybody have more than one? Anybody get two exactly the same? No. No. They're like, what? What? How does this happen? How does this happen? Just go ahead. You got three kids? Just get, get them all the same present for Christmas. There you go. They're on sale. I knew you wanted that one. You too. Need to, you need a grateful heart. You just need to work on a grateful heart. Seriously, this, this is how we approach the Lord with this one-size-fits-all thing. No, 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 no. There are so many dreams in this room. And, and the dreams that you have were actually 
created in you. You desire things that put why you're here on display. It's kind of a giveaway. It's kind of a, oh, that's who you are. Look what you want. That's who you are. Because people like that want that. See, you, you, you are made manifest through your dreams and your desires being nourished and being fulfilled. It, it begins to al you align being here. It's not about being selfish, crazy people. It's about being fully alive people. And these dreams that we have, we mix them with, with partnership. Like, oh my gosh, I mean, I, I got a big old dream. I got a big old dream. I'm going to go to Brazil and I'm going to see somebody get healed. And I, you know, I'm from Bethel at the time. I just got there and uh, I, I'm 39 years old and I finally got a passport. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a world traveler now. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to the Dominican Republic. It wasn't Brazil. It was the Dominican Republic. Yep, just off Florida. World traveler taking a whole team of people from Bethel, who most of them had just got a passport as well. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're gonna get a stamp. Woohoo! And so we get there, and there's, uh, there's a total of 30, 40 of us from the United States, and most of them have not seen miracles, right? And so we, we go through a little training, which is basically, here's how you say Holy Spirit, here's how you say more, here's how you say fire in Portuguese, all right? You're ready. In Jesus' name, you're trained. Like fogo, mice, fogo. The word for more is mice, which is kind of a hurdle. You know, you think, little white rat, little white rat. And you're like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Mice, fogo. My Espírito Santos. There we go. That's what we're doing, right? Okay. And so that's what we do. We did that for two weeks. We were fluent. And everybody's seeing miracles. Everybody's seeing something happen. So every night we get back on the bus and uh, Randy says, okay, who saw at least one blind eye open? You know, and three hands go up. At least one deaf ear open. Four hands go up. Somebody get out of a wheelchair. A hand or two go up every night. More and more and more. Pretty soon, everybody's hands have gone up for some miracle, except for this one guy named Chad. Chad's just sitting there. And actually, nobody wants to sit by Chad. I'm like, what's going on with Chad? I don't know. Don't get it on you. <laughs> Last night, we go to the biggest gathering we'd had, 7,000 people. Just, you know, they are so excited and they are so hungry. And, and, and Randy is just, you know, whipping him into a frenzy. And uh, who wants prayer? Well, about 3,000 of them want prayer. There's 40 of us. So we are just surrounded with a crowd of people and we can't see each other. And Chad has a crowd. And they bring this little girl and this little girl is in this little carriage thing that has wheels. Her, her legs are 
bowed because she has grown out of this thing. She's taller than this thing is. So she shuffles her feet. She has calluses up the sides of her legs. She's just shuffling around and they bring her to Chad. And Chad's like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, you, you need a miracle. This is a, this is a no miracle zone right here. No miracles happen right here. And so he's like, mice, mice, Spiritus Santos, mice, mice. And the little girl says, uh, my feet, my feet are getting hot. He's like, really? This is all through an interpreter, right? He says, like, mice, mice. Mice, fogo, mice, mice, mice. And she says, my legs, my legs are on fire. Mice, <laughs> mice, fogo. She says, my whole body, my whole body's on fire. And then Chad turns into Benny Hinn, right? <laughs> Lift her out of there. So they lift this little girl out of this thing and they're walking her back and forth and the, you know and, and she's walking for the first time in her life and everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God. And Randy sees her. And Randy calls her up so this little girl climbs up these stairs, gets on the stage and the whole place goes nuts. Like, what? I'm thinking to myself, we're going to be here all night. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> it was like, wah! And so... But, you know, we get back in the bus that night, and, and Randy says, uh, so who saw a little girl walk for the first time in her life? Chad huh? <laughs> So we had to come back to that venue the next day. We're flying out that afternoon, and uh, this lady runs in and gets on the bus, and she says, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, there's more to that story. See, that, that little girl came to the meeting last night with a friend from the family, and the friend from the family takes her home opens the door, the little girl walks in the house. The whole family sees this little girl standing there. They just burst into tears. What is happening? And the friend of the family leads them all to Jesus that night. Like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. So when we are partnering our dreams with God, he supersizes them, right? It's like, oh, you're never, you're never going to settle for Disney World or whatever your thing was. You know, whatever you're hoping for, kiss on top of the Eiffel Tower, doesn't matter. Wow, when God shows up, boom, you can't even dream up what he's going to do. And he is pouring grace on your life. So there is power to accomplish these supersized dreams. And you gotta know something. You gotta know that the devil has been working overtime to shut your dreams down. Because he is scared to death of the body of Christ alive with hope and leaning in to the goodness of God. People are running away from their dreams because they got hurt, because something happened that they weren't in control of, because they didn't have dreams, really. They just had the desire to control tomorrow, the desire to control their relationships. God is faithful 
to poor investment. God has made a donation to every single life in this room. We've all heard it, that, that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance or that, that they won't be revoked. But literally, this means that God has poured an, an, an investment into your life of grace, and he's never sorry he did it. He's never sorry that he gave you what you have. Now, the next question that's begging to be answered is, what have you done with that investment? What are you doing with those dreams? Where did it go? And these aren't just simply goals. These are things about you that you see in life and say, there needs to be more of this in this, in this world. I've dreamed to see more of this. What is that? Where is that? There's some non-negotiables about your life that will be challenged. They will be rattled. What about this life do you say, I am not leaving. I am not leaving this planet until I see a world where children don't grow up afraid in their own home anymore. I'm not leaving this planet until I see that planet. There's a non-negotiable about life that you say, I'm not, I'm not leaving this place until this contribution has been accomplished. The biggest challenge really is that we get scared. We get scared of failing. We get scared of not being ready. I just want you to know that your whole life has been a preparation for you to open the door of your destiny. Uh, Bob Jones, a a prophet friend who passed away years ago, he said, the dogs of doom guard the door of your destiny. So when you get close to that door, you should be hearing some growling. You get away from this door. You're going to fail. It's going to be so humiliating. You need to get out of here. Get away from this door. If, it, it, you know, if you haven't heard those dogs in a while, it's probably because you're nowhere near your door. But when you approach that door, it, the, the intimidation goes up. But what happens is when you reach for that handle, there's a, there's a security light that comes on, and you realize, oh my gosh, these are not two 300-pound Rottweilers These are two chihuahuas with megaphones. How did this happen? How did I let those things scare me away from my destiny? So ask yourself this question. If you knew there was no way you could fail and you were 10 times more courageous than you are now, what would be different about the way you live your life? What would be happening? You ever hear of uh, Britain Has Talent? Yeah. I mean, it's a great little show. And um, I, just, I just love this thing that just recently came out. Do you see other people's response yeah. to her courage? Do you see what happens to everyone in the room 
when someone grabs that door and opens it. See, your dreams aren't just for you. They give courage to everybody who's watching you. We're to be the most courageous, encouraging people on the earth because we are connected to the most loving source of dreams coming true that have ever happened. And every time you see one of those dreams come true, it's just a kiss from God. He said, I love you. I'm watching you. I'm with you. I'm here. We're together. I remember around 2003, I turned 41 years old, and I remember the Lord saying, hey, Danny, I want you to write down 100 dreams. Like, 100 dreams? Okay, I'm on it. 100 dreams, I'm a dreamer. I know how to do this. I got this. So I started writing, and I'm praying and thinking Thinking and praying and praying and thinking and writing and thinking and praying and praying and thinking. Praying and praying and praying and thinking and thinking and writing and praying. About a half hour later, I had 10. Gosh, I have 90 to go. I have way more than 100 now. I just started writing stuff down. These are just things that I thought, you know, I... I want to eat something that could kill me, you know? So there. I love driving fast. I love fast cars. I want to spend the night in a White House sometime, but I want them to know I'm there, yeah? I want to be invited. I don't want to peel off the tour. I want to get an invite. These are dreams. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you care about them. It doesn't matter because I probably care the same about yours. But they're yours. These are mine. There's, 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 in that list is, is, is also if God doesn't show up here, this isn't ever going to happen. But I've, get, I've got to see people get healed of, of cancer. I've got to see people... Limited motion, come back. They can move their arms over their head. They couldn't do that because of an injury. I, I've, I've got to be there when God showed up because I was there. I want to see an angel someday with my eyes. You know, I, I have friends who see angels. Like, oh, there's angels. See the angel? Like, Where? It's right there. See it? Does it look like a wall? No, it's nine feet and it's on fire. Over here. Stop talking to me. I want, I want to be able to see angels. I, 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 I want to write a check for a million dollars someday and give it to somebody. Who wants in on that dream? Yeah, now, you're, now I feel a partnership all of a sudden. Now, now I feel a connection, yeah. Habakkuk 2 says, he who has the vision, he who can see what God is doing, he who, who, who has clarity, write it down. Write down what he has shown you. And here's why. Two reasons. One, you'll forget. You'll just forget what he showed you. And number two, 
He wants to show you that he didn't forget. The Message Bible says, write it in big letters so you can read it while you're running. Keep referring to it. Keep looking at this stuff. And though it tarries, though it takes a while to get to you or find you, it's looking for you. Don't give up. These things are looking for you. It's like you made a partnership between earth and heaven by simply writing it down. And here's what will happen. You'll look back over time at your list. Stick it in a drawer somewhere. Forget about it. You'll look back and you'll go and you'll say, oh my gosh, I, I did that. I went there. I saw that. I was part of that. Oh my gosh, I forgot about all this stuff. And it's just God going, I love you. I love you. I love you. What are your dreams? Write them down. I challenge you to write down a hundred dreams. So let's all stand together. I just want to pray for you.